You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick. Earnings season is in full swing, folks. We've got iRobot, uh, Snap, Chipotle, Texas Instruments after the close yesterday. Just to name a few. This morning, Boeing, Caterpillar, a lot of Dow components today. Uh, after the bell today, Microsoft, PayPal, eBay. So, it is earnings season. Now we are in the thick of it. So that will be the dominant theme of today's show. There are some other headlines as well on our radar, notably Facebook and a, another testimony we're going to get today from Mark Zuckerberg on Libra. I'm sure they'll be in the news for that. Our guest today, Chris Temple, editor and publisher of the, of the National Investor. He will join us at 8.35. In the meantime, Joel, give us a quick update on what's happened here overnight. Uh, S&Ps are in the red by five and a half handles at 29.89. Pre-market high, 97.50. That's also your daily pivot. So that's what we need to get through here to get back into that 3,000 handle. We have crude in the red by 56 cents at 53.92. Gold and silver are going the same way today. Gold's up 780 at 1495.30. Silver in the green by a nickel at 17.55. Bitcoin loses eight thousand here, down two hundred and five dollars at seven thousand nine hundred and sixty. In the heart of earnings season here, uh, Triple D. Uh, any after hours? No, just on the, you're, you're right. In the heart of earnings season, so we had two big non-earnings things. I mean, we got one hundred three companies reporting, so the bulk of it is earnings. Uh, we do have news from ServiceNow. Their CEO leaving. Ends up going to Nike, Spencer. Is this correct? ServiceNow, N-O-W? That was uh, part. Yesterday. Well, they, right? That was yesterday. Last night. Right, right. They had, uh, didn't they also give, have earnings? No, their earnings are. No, still- their earnings are, are coming. Right. Okay, and then their CEO, right, um, is joining. So Nike's uh, Mark Parker is, is stepping down, and ServiceNow CEO is going to Nike. Yeah, so ServiceNow CEO stepping down and going to Nike. They hated that. This thing went down, Joel. How low do we? Oh. I thought it's all under one ninety. Holy macro! Just on an exec leaving. This is what just killed it. This was the CEO. The CEO leaving and going to Nike. So they obviously think that he's like leaving for you know better. <laughs> oh, better they spiked this thing! Wow, you would have got murdered. You would have had to been really quick on this one and yeah. just stuck a blind bid out here. One eighty-seven twelve triple D. 187 they knocked us down 40 points on the ceo leaving i mean these stocks have been broken here for the last few days we know the cloud stocks have been really ugly we've talked about the higher pe stuff getting hit the higher pe stuff really got hit yesterday so service now was down you know 12 14 points ahead of this then this news came and they just plowed it it's still down 17 points 
but has bounced off those lows, obviously, 210. I think that 187 was ridiculous, and that's safe until the earnings, and then we're going to see how things report. But this started hitting the other cloud stocks, too. I mean, they didn't even do anything. They just see ServiceNow down 40 points. They started hitting them all. So if you're looking at anything cloud, it's somewhat down here this morning. Uh, just want to you know say the other big story too before we go into individual stocks. The other sector, so you got cloud kind of down because of ServiceNow, uh, but you mainly got the chip wreck. And this is chip wreck part three, I feel like in the last month or two. This is a real hit for all the chip stocks. Texas Instruments, Spencer, give us the details. Yeah, thank you very much, TXN, uh, for, for this uh, move this morning. So they report after the close yesterday, Q3 adjusted EPS was good. The sales missed uh, and the uh, Q4 guidance was light. The sales guidance that they gave, they gave a range of 3.07 to 3.33 billion. The estimate was up at 3.59 billion. So light on that Q4 sales figure. Uh, Q4 gap EPS uh, a range of 91 cents to a buck oh nine. I believe that was also light. So light on that Q4 guidance for this All right. So this Texas Instruments, with the guidance being that light, is down 8%. It's a huge move. Texas Instruments is one of the more conservative ones. It doesn't typically have moves like that. Its beta is lower than the other chips. So you're seeing the other chips get hammered on this too. I mean, you go across the board, no matter what chip you look at, it is trading down. You just want to look overall. The SMH is trading down 2%, but you can go into the individual names. LRCX is trading down 3 bucks. Offer down three bucks. You can go into like AMD down one and a half percent. Nvidia after having a pretty good day yesterday down one point eight percent here. Even Intel getting hit down one point seven percent in the pre market. This is all thanks to TXN. Hmm. Okay, I just wrote down about five stocks to talk about there. In I'll your... talk about them all. We're just no. talking about that. Well, uh, first We're in a off, fast market, Joel. There's one hundred and three companies. Okay, first off, you're going to be wanna... doing these thirty second analysis. Okay. This service now is quiet, just like that Netflix chart was the other day. Trading range between two eight and two twelve. It's just been quiet, so I go with the uh, you know whatever direction that it you know broke above two twelve. Maybe try along two oh eight. Boom. I don't think we'll see that pre-market low. TXN, it's all about 116. Uh, you spike below there on the initial number uh, down to 114.28. You have been holding 116. That is the area of a, a few lows right in that area back in beginning of August. So 116 has to hold for that one. And then that was the other earnings one, right? Oh, just real quickly uh, before we keep going, someone asked about uh, McDonald's for today. Mm -hmm. And what do I have? Did we what? stop? You wrote in the article we made the lunch bet, but I never know. Like, you kind of bounced around so much. I never knew that we actually did make it. We did. I said even though I was giving up the edge. Spencer, I, 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 we talked about it. We definitely talked about Dude, it. I just don't remember if it actually ever got made. Yes. Like we said, so we did? I, I don't think you anyone ever said, okay, this bet is, is – I know. It was oh, never oh, like a handshake no, 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 on no, no, it. No, no, but it, it was like a ver – it was like a – it, it was like a verbal agreement. Like, like no All one. Right. I'll give it to you anyways, just because I'm confident agreement. in that. So but what are the numbers? Think... 191 versus 216. We could stop the show right now and play the tape from yesterday's show. I would like to hear the tape because I don't know if it ever got made. And Spinner is already declaring you victor. I, I, I mean, this is not victorious yet. This is not at 191. So jumping the gun a little bit, Spinner okay. to call Joel okay. victorious on it. But anyways, it was a 203 when we made the bet. So I want to make sure we had the levels right. And you were given 216. I wasn't, the math doesn't add up. So it was 203 when we made the bet. So yeah. I, I definitely have 215 and you have 191 then. You have 216. Uh, the math, I didn't give you an extra point because then you have 190. Yes. Because it's 13 yes. both ways. In the article, you put 191. That's definitely oh, not Oh, boy, correct. oh, boy. I know. I was mad at that Yahoo article you wrote. I was like, you're, you're, you're trying to get me here. And I wasn't even sure we made the bet for sure. We talked about it <laughs> a long time, but I never knew it actually We did. Got... We did. Cause you know right. why? Because I looked at 216 on the chart. Look at the dailies here. Um, you see that 216 area? Oh, so yeah. We, there's some resistance up there for sure. Yeah. So, even though I was giving up the edge, I was comfortable with the 216. I thought it would hit the 190. I really thought it was going to bounce back yesterday. I actually almost bought it. Um, I did not. Thank goodness. I didn't make a trade on it, but I thought about it. I made the right trade. I made NVIDIA trade off the hop instead. I was focused over on there, and I was doing Good. all my other arbitrage stuff too. So I kind of just forgot about McDonald's, but did not buy it. Glad I didn't. It is an ugly candle for it. 
no bounce, and that is concerning for my bet. So I would already say I'm in trouble on this bet for sure. Uh, just for I'm you daily traders here for MCD, someone asked about it. You know, it's important to hold yesterday's low. You're trading at 199.83, yesterday's low 199. So best case scenario, you know, you hold in there, you consolidate, get back above 200. But uh, first things first, holding yesterday's low. I feel I might be a little low with this 190, might get a bounce, but- uh, Didn't get also, a bounce yesterday though, which was surprising to me. I thought it would be the stock um, that people were coming and buy the dip on. I really did. Then was down, at, I thought I, th I thought the 201, 202, it was the 203 who made the bet. And I was like, maybe it sneaks under 200, but I thought it might sneak under 200 off the hop and then bounce, it closed weak. So it's not good news here for MCD Longs. Um, I, I might lose this bet. Okay. All right, I just want to throw in that. Let's go you're in, to... You're in good shape on this bet. We'll say that much. Uh, okay. Go back to... Okay, go back to the chat. Just want you to know that the YouTube and the pre-market chat are all confirming that all the right. bet was it's, made. All right. Thanks, I guys. I had a handshake, but back. that's all good. I'll run with that. You know, I was definitely, you know, bullish. I'm definitely wrong uh, so far. Texas Instruments, though, this is a disaster. I want to get a technical from you on this, first of all. And what does it mean for the SMH? What does it mean for the other chips? Because the SMH was set near highs. And this is a significant move down from one of the big components here. Uh, it's had a big run. It's kind of put a couple highs in in the same area. So, I mean. Uh, so You're talking kind of, SMH first? Yeah, SMH here. Uh, we're still trading. 5.71% of SMH is Texas Instruments, the third biggest component. Taiwan Semiconductor is the biggest component at 13.1. Intel 10.79, NVIDIA 5.65, those top four components, the SMH. It's going to be down here because Texas Instruments getting whacked. Uh, but it's still it's still above Friday's low, so I'd keep an eye on that. 121, you did get through it during the pre-market. You're trading you know, right there right now. You hold 121, you got a chance to rally. You don't hold 121. I'm looking at this thing under 120. I would say minor support, 1877. I like the 1790 level a little bit better, but uh, still holding Friday's low as we speak right now, not by much though. So talk Texas Instruments because that is the catalyst why the SMH is down. That is the mm -hmm. catalyst why all your chips are down. Give me a level here. Give me something. Give me some hope here on TXN. 116? 116? Yep. yep. What did it get to after hours? Uh, it got to 114.26. Okay. And then someone really stepped up here at 116. Just a real steady, patient buyer at that area. We'll see if they're there during the regular session. That coincides. I did see a low on the dailies at 116.22. That was your August 5th low. So if I think that that's your level. If I was short, came back to that area, I wouldn't hold out for the pre-market low. On the upside, if you're looking for more than this, 119.45 has been the high off that rebound. So just call 120. 116 to 120, your early range in Texas instruments. I'm concerned on the NVIDIA here too. I actually bought more for a trade and believe it or not, you're not going to believe where I, this was just a day trade scalp because I thought they might buy it and run it off the hop and they did. You're not going to believe where I sold this. Uh, you sold it. So now I still have my NVIDIA in the long-term portfolio, just to cl clarify. I have the NVIDIA. I'm not selling the NVIDIA out of the long-term portfolio, but put extra on it. Bought the open, which was 198.28 for a day trade and, and, and a quick scalp because I thought they might run it to 200, and they did very quickly. Uh, guess you sold it 202.50. I sold it 202.26. Nice. Very rarely do I get the entire move. So I had to pat myself on the back on that one. Obviously, luck, I mean. I just I started running. I'm sidetracked. I saw it through 200. I was like, I'll let it run a bit. And then uh, I actually ended up selling half just over 200, so I wasn't perfect on it. But the other half, I ended up getting out 202.26. I think it was 202.26, right around there anyways, like 20 cents off the highs. Not very often you get the high. Or Boy, Dennis, I know you're not going to sell this one out of your long-term portfolio, but, man, it came up to this area last no, it's not time, good. and it, it wasn't good. So. I know. That's a fail on the 200 through, and now you get, the, obviously, the bad news from Texas Instruments. We have NVIDIA earnings coming, too. When are they coming, Spencer? It's soon. Let me confirm it. Uh, like, like, very soon. Very quickly, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like I don't have it written down here, but I feel like it's, like, in the next week. Let's go to give my internet, give my internet a second too. Uh, All right, Spencer's uh, figuring that out while he November, figures that out. Listen, November fourteenth after the close. Oh, okay, we have a little bit of time out yeah. then. 
Okay, so we have three weeks with NVIDIA here yet before the earnings report, before I really have to get nervous. But I mean, all the chips, what about AMD? It's been running. It's holding up not bad today. It's only down 1.3%. It's doing better than the other ones. What are your thoughts here? The only uh, problem is the double top there just around 32 is kind of where it failed back in August and yep. September. I yep. mean, we got triple failure here potentially at 32. Yeah, even more than that. I'm looking at, yeah, August, September, uh, 3150. Are we below? Well, we are below. You, oh, I use 31.50 as resistance now because that was uh, your low from yesterday, 31.41. Your next day's low, 31.50, closed on the low. So if you get a pop up to that area, I identify that as resistance. Uh, if this uh, sell-off continues, easily see this thing um, under 30 bucks, 30.29 was your low from Friday. So we'll see if we can get to in that area and had a nice rally going, but ah, it looks like Texas instrument is, uh, is derailing the rally here. I mean, so many other chip stocks down. AMD reports that the 29th after the close. So that's coming up. Yeah. Just a ton of chip stocks getting hit here this morning. So chip rack, thanks to Texas instruments, cloud stocks showing some weakness here. Thanks to service. Now. I mean, if you just go through them all, you can see like Twilio's down 1%. I mean, overall market not helping it either. Um, you could jump over to CRM, which is trading down 1.2%. Workday was trading down 2% here in the pre-market. So you're seeing 1% to 2% falls in the cloud stocks here as well. So they chased the NOW move just a little bit, although it wasn't company. It's more company-specific when the CEO is leaving. Before we jump into the earnings parade, I want to go to one other stock that we have been bearish on this show for a long time. It's Beyond Meat. Kramer, this is, so it's down 35 bucks today, and this is thanks to Jim Kramer. Last night on Mad Money, he had one of the most bearish segments I've ever seen him run on a stock. And he had Beyond Meat, and he had, it was kind of funny, he had all this meat on the table, and then he dug through the meat, and he found a GoPro camera in the meat. So he basically said Beyond Meat is, he's comparing it very much to GoPro, put the GoPro chart up there, you know, saying GoPro ran, ran, ran to $90 with ridiculous valuations on a short squeeze, and you know, obviously now it's at $3. He kind of hinted that Beyond Meat could do the same thing. And he was basically, I think he even said run, like he was telling investors to run from this. I've never seen him do that before. So that's why Beyond Me is trained down here. He is very influential, especially when he runs bearish segments, because normally he just, you know, nine out of 10 segments on Mad, Mad Money are usually bullish. He's not usually full on, like running a bearish segment on something. So that's why you're seeing the stock trade down. It traded down immediately $3 on that segment, continuing to trade down. I think it goes under 100 bucks a day. We know I was saying, you know, I think it's going to be under 100 bucks within the year. I said by the end of the year when the stock was up 160. Um, now Quick. I think, you know, I, I think $60 is on the table here for this. I think it's going to go under 100. It's going to bounce eventually. I think it's going to go under 100 today. And it's going to have a bounce eventually, you know, maybe hit some stops. But I think when we look at this, let's say not by the end of the year, because that's only two and a half months. But I think within six months, 60 bucks is on the table. I agree with you, Jim. This is uh, not stock I want to be in with this valuation. And yeah, story but he, broken. Yeah. Didn't he like story it though at 170 though? So you gotta, What's that? I said, didn't he like it at 170? I kind of was talking. Like, yeah, I know. He kind of turned. Um, he, he didn't like it at all. When it, was one, when it first came out, he was like, it was silly when it was 102, 105. And then it ran and he started to try. He kind of became a believer almost. Uh, but, you know, obviously that was all just on shorts, you know, and, and, and that, you know, squeezing. Not only that, there was no float. You can sell the thing, you can short the thing. I mean, then you had all the insiders trying to get out early with the whole 160 debacle. Yep. The story is just completely broken. I mean, if you're coming in this now and think it's going back to 160, I think you lose money. I think when we look at this, I think he's right with the GoPro comparison. I would not be surprised when we look at this two, three years from now and it's 20 or 30 bucks or maybe less. You know, eventually uh, there is some value here. There's a company here. There's something here. But when you're paying eight, ten billion dollars for a veggie burger company, you got to think what you're doing. And you know, people who bought this at two hundred, you know, or two twenty, or even you know one fifty, we're paying a ridiculous valuation. When these stories get broken, which they are, this is completely broken here now, and the story's cooled off, you lose a lot of money. And the shorts are going to be right. It's just a matter of whether they could hold on long enough. I'm not sure they did, and I'm not sure there wasn't even some buy-ins involved with the big run up to two twenty. Uh, phew, this is interesting. Uh, you got a gap to fill at 102 and a quarter. Uh, this is going back to June. So if you're a gap trader, 
uh, gapped up that day, $18. So uh, one and two and a quarter, and then your daily lows after that are at, you know, 98, 99. So I think if you're shorting it here for the I think you're going to get a little bounce off. This kind of reminds it's me of It's due for a bounce. So yeah. I'd be scared shorting it here. I yep. agree. But this kind of looks like and, and, Roku. And can you short? I, I can. I actually played a little bit last night, so I can get a borrow on this now. So it's not like it wasn't before where you couldn't even find a borrow. You can get short this thing now. There is borrows out there. So I'm not sure what it costs, you know, for holding period. But, I mean, it's still scary if the, the borrow still cost me 100%. You know, obviously, if things got to fall, you know, buck every three, four days to make up for that. But I, I'm not sure what the borrow is yet. All right. Uh, there is another lock, lock. Yeah, there is another lockup expiration coming. Do we know when that's coming, Spencer? There's another one coming soon on BYU. I didn't realize that, but I can find out for you. Yeah, there is. I, I think he might even said last night on the show. I know there's another one coming, and that's going to be, uh, you know, obviously not good for the stock either. Buy underscore Apple says uh, lockup is October 29th. He yep. Says. There yep. we go. That's six days away. I think this thing goes under 100 bucks today. In my opinion, I think you could hit some stops. Maybe it goes like 98 and then maybe it gets back up. Maybe it shows a little bit. But hard to get bullish this stock because valuation still makes no sense at 103 long term. And the trend is not your friend anymore. You have everybody caught in this overhead supply. Anybody who is long caught in this with overhead supply. So I got to say the trend is still down. I still think path of least resistance is much lower. But it's so extended here. I mean, we've lost 60 bucks in three weeks. So you're shorting it now. I mean, you're way late to the party. All right, uh, let's move on, Dennis. I know you're not going to be happy talking about this one. Uh, got? But I, robot. You want to know something? You I tried it. to sell it last night into the bounce. I actually almost got $60. I just missed it. I was trying to sell my shares into the bounce. And I just missed it. Um, this was in my long-term portfolio. I guess I should have just, you know. But anyways, it was up there for about a minute. And then they just smacked it down. Bad pick by me. Um, dead wrong on this too. You know what? It's hard. The investing game is hard. This is my long-term portfolio. I thought there was value at 60. Um, I think there's still probably value here at 44. Would I add to it? Absolutely not. I don't add losers. It was a half-size position I, I put on. Whenever I put these half-size positions, it means I'm not convicted. I'm not convicted enough to put a full size on. And, you know, I, I'm mad at myself. I was trying to call about, look at, let, let's analyze, you know, what, you know, I've had a couple bad investments lately. And the Sreptor was one, and iRobot was another. And what was I doing there, Joel? Trying to pick a bottom. Trying to pick a bottom. This is why you don't try to pick bottoms, even in your long-term portfolio. Wait till they stop going down because you get them cheaper. Stock is in a clear downtrend. You know, you think, okay, well, there's value here. This, you know, thing's trading, you know, with a reasonable multiple now. I want to put in my long-term portfolio and forget about it. Well, you could be getting your long-term portfolio $44 today instead of 60 so in any regard here, I kind of knew I was on the wrong side. When it bounced last night, I was like, everybody's caught in this thing. The earnings were okay, but I turned around. I tried to hit the bid, and it went 58. I could have hit 58. I was like, I'm trying to work it a bit, and then it's 56, and then it's 50, and then it's like, okay, it's gone. And I was trying to get out just because I thought I could sneak out of it on the pop last night. Somebody did. I mean, you got to watch these earnings pops. It was over 60 for about maybe, maybe wow. 30 seconds. Not long enough for me. Wow, it did get a pop there because it closed at fifty five seventy four. It was up. What do they like about it? What? Well, the earnings were okay. Then the guidance, I don't think, was great though. Yeah, so the, the top, the, the the numbers were themselves were okay. It was the guidance. Yeah, the, the, which sometimes comes out not in the headline, right? Right, exactly. Sometimes either it's on the call or you got to yeah. dig in the release. So the earnings are fine. The the Q three EPS higher on a year over year basis. The sales beat the estimate. Uh, they they narrowed their their uh, revenue guidance for for the full year. That's what they didn't like. The bottom line, I get what I deserve in the long term portfolio. I mean, this is why you always stay diversified too. I have a hundred stocks in my long term portfolio. Is this going to break me? No, it's less than one percent of my overall holdings. It's probably about a half a percent of my overall holdings. It's very small, very very small because it was a half size position on a whole on a portfolio. I got a hundred stocks. So, but that being said, I got to learn from that, and you, I like you guys to learn from my mistakes too. Even in investing, why try to call a bottom? You know, you think this is getting cheap? Cheap stocks get cheaper. So I, I think you got to wait till they stop going down before you try to be a hero and say, okay, I think this is the low. And, you know, this is why I'm getting punished for it. So Sarepta was the same story. It was the first day. I bought on the first day. Terrible call. 
you know, it's gapping down. I was like, I wanted Sarepta in my portfolio for a while. I still believe in the story. And now I'm still down 15 points and it's actually rallied 10 bucks. It looks, and it doesn't look good really. I mean, we have numbers coming for Sarepta coincidentally tonight. So that's going to matter for Sarepta. But even think it gaps up, well, everybody's caught in it now. So I'm on the wrong side of both these trades. Both these uh, for this enough. one, this is tough. Uh, 43.20 is the pre-market low, and or that was the after-hours low. And you're creeping up a little bit, uh, just a patient buyer in there, not uh, you know just sitting on the bed, not worried about anything, not lifting offers. Uh, if you really want to hold out for more downside on this one, 42.06 was your low in October of 2016. And then you got a pair of monthly lows at 38. So if you really, and I don't think it's going to get there today, but just 40, it's just sticking out to me. You know, if they get a whoosh down, you know, off the open, big sellers off the open, and I was short, I wouldn't mind throwing bid out there. A little bit of 42, more at 40, and then a boatload at like 38 and a quarter to try, you know, if they really smash it. But uh, right now it looks like you got a patient buyer in that one. And then I was just thinking about that stock and remember Veritone, where do you think that stock is, Dennis? V-E-R-I, wasn't that supposed to be like an AI play? Remember that yeah, stock? Yeah, we've played it, a, I, I did play it a little bit. It went, ran on a Barron's article from 10 to 70. Yep. It's two yep. bucks. And I remember I tried to buy it on the open that day after the Barron's article. I mean, you can't compare Veritone to iRobot, though, because iRobot actually makes money. iRobot okay. makes, like, what is iRobot supposed to make this year? They're supposed to make some money. I mean, this thing's trading with a PE, I believe, like in the teens. 17 forward PE. Or that's back, not even forward. So, you know, Veritone's a, like a hope. Trade. Different stack. Okay. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, they're AI, but you've got actual products. People buy the products of iRobot. Um, this is completely different. So it's the and player on AI. Their full year yeah. earnings are uh, mid to high two dollar range. So two two dollars. Yeah, you're in the teens on you know a P multiple where Veritone's never made money, probably never will. I mean, this was a hope trade when the thing was back at ten. It's two bucks here now. I mean, these stocks are more often not when they go from seventy two, they usually continue their merry road to zero. So I'm not no interest in this whatsoever. Some of them turn around, but for the most part, usually these are dead money. A uh, frequent question here, but we'll answer it for uh, Daniel Manahan in the YouTube chat anyways. How do you check your imbalances, Dennis? Um, I just have it on ready, but I have it on IB. So it depends on your platform. Um, the opening pre-market imbalances now come out at 8 o'clock in the morning. I know at Interactive Brokers, you can just add that. Um, ask your broker, though. Your broker might have that information depending on your broker. So just ask them for, you know, don't. And then they'll say on balance volume. No, these are called imbalances. They're coming from the floor, IMB imbalances are coming from the floor. They come out at 8 a.m. They keep republishing until 9.30. NASDAQ imbalances come out at 9.28. And the closing imbalances, both NASDAQ and New York come out at 3.50. What this information tells you is where it's projecting. And and they actually project the open on the NYSE too continuously as well as new orders come in, which is a nice feature too. They never used to do that until 9.28. They do that continuously from eight o'clock here now too. But like for instance, I can look right now and see GE has a sell imbalance of 196,000 shares. What that simply means is that there is shares that are offered below 906. There's at least 196,000 more to sell. So that's that's saying is the stock, if it opened right now, would project to open at $8.69. That's obviously not going to happen because I have a projected opening price that's being published from New York. There's going to be a lot more orders that come in. And as you see these projected prices too low, people come in like myself. If I was seeing a stock that was going to open way too low, I'm going to throw a buy order in there to offset that and you know, maybe potentially try to profit from it. So they project these openings out there. It's basically an advertisement to traders to come in and say, you know, provide liquidity to this because we've got a big seller here on the open. Uh, a couple things uh, just to review from uh, yesterday's show. Uh, someone, Barry's asking, uh, how do you feel about stamps.com and their deal with UPS? Uh, didn't quite get to triple digits yesterday. No. Uh, I think we thought it might hit some stops at 100. Yeah. Um, with this one, I mean, you definitely want to see it hold 87.50, which was yesterday's low, or fall into the gap. Uh, but I'd use the closing price and then the high from yesterday's good levels. Uh, clear the close, take out 94.74, get into the 95 handle, and uh, keep gravitating towards 100. If you can't hold the uh, 
the kid uh, above the close here. And then I, I would just be like under 87.50 here. I mean, where are you going to find support in the thing? I mean, it's not going to go straight to 77.42. But, you know, if you're holding on to this, it's just such a gappy stock. I just would really try and see if it could hold the 87.50. If you're and coming that, in and buying it now. Oh, I mean, this no, was 40 no. bucks back in August. It's doubled in a month and a half on a stock that's been – and a clear downtrend here. You know, this is the selling opportunity, in my opinion, guys. And obviously, I've been bearish. I was bearish just from like 150. Bearish. I never got bullish. I went down $33. Maybe I should have turned around and got bullish. I've never had a never had a, like a longer term position in this, but day traded it. That's it. Um, so I still have no position in stance, but I just think it's come from, you know, it's it still got some issues and, you know, yeah, they get a deal and all that is nice and everything, but is this going back to $250? I don't think so. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are stuck in this wanting to get out. And I believe that, you know, this is a selling opportunity once again. Yeah. Keep it. You really want to see file through, through uh, yesterday's high. And then also we got to cover Biogen here and I am surprised <laughs> That it got as high as it did in the regular session. Crazy man. It moves. did. I mean, you got up to 328, obviously, and the pre-market got super excited. But you got all the way up to 318 during the regular yeah. session. Yeah. So you had a shot, man. I mean, 320, obviously, a psychological level. Uh, but, man, I think that was just too much too fast for people. Up six bucks today. Kind of the same scenario. Really got a hold 279.16. Uh, after that, you get into the big gap area. And I've tried shorting this after like these big uh, gaps up and stuff. And sometimes it takes a while. You know, it will hang, it will hang, it will hang. But uh, you're not going to get any good downside in this thing until you breach 279.16, the low from yesterday, and even perhaps close below there as well. One thing to consider, too, is Biogen trades with a P. Why I'm still long, it trades with a P of like eight. I mean, the earnings reports were fine too. Do you think this thing's going back to 240 right now? Going to give it all back with the wild card that there is a potential for this drug to get approved? It's a lottery ticket, is all it is. I do not expect it to get approved. RJ gave it zero percent chance. Yeah, really. I was I was going to say the analysts are very divided here. Guggenheim upgraded them to buy. Uh, yeah. Morgan Stanley maintained their underweight, and Ray J, like you said, Dennis gave the drug a zero percent chance of winning approval. I mean, you can't ever say zero. Um, so that, that, I know they did. So I, I, I've said, I don't think it gets approved either. I mean, it's a shot in the dark. You know, if this ever got approved, like Kramer was saying yesterday, this could be one of the biggest drugs, if not the biggest drug ever, if this got approved. I mean, this stock, it's worth, you know, it's probably worth another 100 points if it was to get approval. I don't think it's going to get approval either. I still own Biogen Long because one, the valuation is still reasonable. Two, I'm in from a long time ago, and I just don't want to take the, the gain on it. Um, but then, and then three is I think you know there's a lottery ticket here. What if this drug did get approved? This could be a $400 stock if this drug gets approved. Dion I, I don't think it's getting approved though. Dion H shorted at 316 thanks to this show. Went to nice take job. a nap and woke up, and it was at 290. That's, that's a nice what, nap. I know. I know that's, that's the way I should do it sometimes. Just shorten and forget it and go take off. Those would be some of my best trades is the ones I'm not staring at. I wouldn't have that scalper blood. But you know, like we were saying yesterday on the show, if I had this on for a trade, I would have sold it, sold it, sold it. But, I mean, I have it on in my long-term portfolio, so um, that's why I'm still holder. What about Smile Direct Club? Just real quickly, I'm getting this out of the YouTube chat. Uh, a disaster. Boy. What do you at think? At least it stopped going down. Okay, if you want to believe, you know, and you think there's a turnaround potentially happening, you got to stop at 873. So we'll set up a trade for you. If you were to buy it, and I'm not going to be because this is a stock is, in a, is, is a disaster, I still think it eventually goes lower, but it stopped going down. You have a defined out now. So 873. You buy this at 950 today, you want to stop out below 873. And maybe you say, okay, it could be a little squeeze. Maybe it's got a little overdone. Maybe it's got some life if it gets back above 10. The stock is still a disaster here, though, and I think when we look at it, you know, I think it's going to be lower eventually again. Clear downtrend, hard to call a bottom, but if you wanted to do it, 873, you got to stop out. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe that's the yeah. underwriters there stepping up at the plate at nine. You made the 873 They're low. Not even, and the then underwriters you... aren't even stepping up anymore. They did everything they could when they upgrade, when they all came up with their buy ratings and the <laughs> stock went down in their face. The underwriters you know, that... have moved on. They made their money and they moved on. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know that's a Michigan company, right? Or the founders Sorry. are from Michigan. Sorry to trash a Michigan company, but they made their money and they moved on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> how about Smile uh, Direct isn't making anybody smile, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it should be frown direct. Yeah, right. That makes shareholders frown for sure. If, yeah, don't frown average down, right? If it's a more applicable to a stock, then it would be this one. Don't frown average down. Uh how about the cat before we go to our guest? We got earnings here. Yeah. I'm Did they come out? To, oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's been out for a couple of hours. I've been trying to find one earning stock that is like up this morning and I'm really having a hard time. Caterpillar uh missed on its EPS, missed on its sales, and they cut their guidance. That's all you need to know. Okay, so it goes down to one twenty three and change, and now is at one thirty four. I have no. Not- did it go down to one twenty three? One twenty three thirty. What is going on? These <laughs> earnings moves are just wicked in the wrong direction. That earnings algorithm, whoever running it, must be losing a pile. Of oh my gosh! Like they in- buy the iRobot and they sell the cat, and this is what happens. So what? What? So the numbers on cat were all bad, and it's trading higher. That's what yes. you're telling me. That's what I'm saying. It's such a tricky market to trade earnings Whew. on. Like you look at these headline numbers and they still do anything off these things. Like it is a tricky market. You think a beat and a beat and a raise will get you a pop. Sometimes, sometimes a beat, beat and a raise will give you a sell off too. It's a tricky market with trading the earnings and the headline numbers. I've been backing off on trading the headline numbers, but I still like the fading of the moves. When the moves get really, you know, overextended. On a stock that's in a downtrend and then it pops up, like the like the iRobot would have been a classic one. I forgot about that last night. I mean, that those are those are you know your opportunities. What do you got at one thirty five for me in uh, in the cat? You Let's got go anything for look. me? See if JV Spec beats me to it, but I'll go take a look at cat. One thirty five. I even have my book open for you, Joel. Because I just want to tell you, um, a buddy of mine was listening to the show and you were saying there's no way Procter and Gamble opens over one twenty five. Yeah. Because of that 150 there, and uh, he ended up shorting it and bringing it in. So uh, yeah, it I mean those deal. levels work. So Procter and Gamble was significant; it was over 100,000 shares. Cats fairly significant, 46,000. So yeah, it's a good number, Joel. 135. The same setup from Procter and Gamble yesterday. Can it get over it? Might get over it if it gets over it. It gets over it. But it's the problem is already trade 600,000 shares. So the volume on this is really, you know, like it could chew through that just because there's so much volume already. So I don't give as much weight to it. But if you get 60,000 shares trading over 135, that's where, you know, probably can trade over that. But it's a big number, big number. All right, Spence, what do we got going on? It's 8.36 now. I do want to bring on our guest for the day, Chris Temple. He is editor and publisher of The National Investor. joins our show periodically. Chris, good morning. Let me unmute you there. Good morning, Chris. No, not hearing you. Uh-oh. Check your uh, check your mic, Chris. Can you hear me? Mm. Let's see if we can grab Chris. He looks unmuted. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's on mute. Check if your headset, if your computer audio is on, or uh, you got a mic. There we go. Hey, How are we now? Hey, we got you. How's it going? <laughs> That, that's that's what we need guys like Spencer for that they have more technical capacity oh, for right. stuff than I do. <laughs> uh, Chris, so we're just talking about uh, these wicked earnings moves here. Have you observed? I mean, I mean the season started, but have, have you observed the same? Yeah, you know, Caterpillar is a microcosm that you guys were just talking about for the entire market right now. Fundamentally, things are broken. We're in whether you want to use uh, IMF managing director. Kristalina Georgieva's comment that the world is sinking into a synchronized slowdown. Uh, Ray Dalio's comment the other day of the great sag. Uh, my characterization of the slow, dull ache that the global economy is going into. And yet you've still got enough uh, liquidity sloshing around from uh, traders and algorithms that we see moves like this. It's nutty. And unless you're, you've got a hair trigger and your timing is perfect. Uh, I don't like trading stuff like this. I'm looking at the big picture and where I can make some money and make some recommendations. I don't have to babysit second to second. So let's talk about the the, the ways that you can make money in, in this market. Uh, give us some ideas of uh, areas that you're bullish on right now. Oh, you know, as far as the market generally, I'm in that camp of the best that we can expect going forward is a slow, dull ache. Uh, and hopefully we don't have something unravel 
uh, suspect number one is Asia, whether Hong Kong or China, that would give us another 2008. We'll be lucky to avoid that and just have a slow, dull ache. But I think there's a lot of themes you can look at. You know, I've got uh, a few biotech stocks uh, on, on my recommended portfolio. It's one of the sectors that you can say is uh, less sensitive if you've got individual company news to the big picture for the economy. Uh, you guys mentioned Sarepta. That by far and away is the most spectacular recommendation I ever made the first time, believe it or not, was 20 years ago. And I had the sense to get people back into the stock in early 2012 under two bucks. By the fall, it was 60 when they came out with the first uh, major trials on a Teplerson, which they now sell as Exondus 51, uh, the closest thing today to a cure for one form of muscular dystrophy. We got, we got out later, we got back in at 10 bucks in early 2016. We just sold the rest of that at around 150. And I just in recent days added it back to my recommended list at about 85, which is where it ended yesterday uh, because it got whacked in August due to some news. It's not a game changer at all. And uh, I think this is a company that's still got an extraordinary future. So you're still sticking to your looking fundamentals, not getting bogged down by all this other trade war stuff. You're just sticking to the fundies. Well, pretty much. And, and also, especially with biotech, you're looking at news flow and potential news flow. What is down the line? Uh, when Sarepta got hit in August, it was because they got what's called a complete response letter from the FDA that slowed down the progression, uh, the, the new drug application they were looking for, for Goladersen, which is a treatment for a different strain of muscular dystrophy than what they are marketing right now. Um, but I think that that's going to straighten itself out. It only extended the timeline. It certainly didn't kill the development of this drug whatsoever. And even beyond that, guys, keep in mind that one of the hot subjects in biotech these days is gene therapy and uh, Srept is a leader in that field. So this is going to come back for those that like to look at technicals. You've got a glaring gap uh, in this stock from August between about 105 and 115 or 20 a share. It will fill that. It's only a question of time. If I had a crystal ball to know when, I'd be loading up on longer out-of-the-money calls on this thing. You mentioned that you uh, are also looking at lithium here, North, North American lithium. Uh, give us a breakdown of what's happening there. Well, I'll tell you, lithium is a space that was like, like cannabis more recently and some others. It's hot. Everybody piles in and then it goes in the, in the toilet. Uh, early last year in 2018, Morgan Stanley came out with a high profile, very bearish report because in really overly general terms, guys, the lithium space has oversupply. Uh, electric vehicles are not coming out globally as fast as some thought, and yet you've got a lot of supply out there of lithium for, to make batteries. It's going to come, but I think it's going to be longer. But there are two themes within the lithium story that are investable right now. Number one is lithium is one of several metals and minerals that the U.S. government and the Department of Defense specifically call strategic metals. And in the United States, people would be forgiven for knowing, for not knowing that we have one of the largest areas in the world that passed was a major lithium pro producer. It's been the best place in the world for recovery technology. And that is what's called the tin spodumene belt that runs roughly north and south about through the middle of North Carolina. And one of my more recent recommendations is a company called Piedmont Lithium. Uh, they're based in Australia. The majority of the stock trades in Australia, thin there, especially thin here on the NASDAQ. Uh, but they have already developed a resource that's got a 20 plus year mine life. Uh, that's, a, that's a great story. And like most stocks in that space these days, uh, it's been nothing but downhill for it. It was in the mid-teens lately. It's been 7 to $8 a share. It's my newest lithium recommendation. The How about, other, uh, I got one for you in that sector. Have you, um, have you ever looked at um, LTHM Livent Corp? Uh, I've discussed this one uh, with Gene Munster. He's been on our show a few times. Have uh, you ever looked into that stock? I, I looked at it 
Joel, I can't say to be an expert on it. Livent was a spin out from, and I can't remember who, so forgive me. Um, but it's one of the larger producers. And, you know, that one, Albemarle, they'll, they'll come back. You know, when, when, when institutional investors warm back up to the space, they always get the, the larger cap and the better names, and that will be one. Uh, that will get some early action eventually. But I mean, you know, all of the lithium stocks just about look as butt ugly as that one does. Uh, so if, if you think that we're nearing a bottom, you know, it might be good. But I'll tell you another one that's been on my list for a while. It's already been a big winner over the last several years for my members. We got about seven times our money on this thing already, sold some at the peak in early 2018. And I'm pounding the table for people to get back in and that's Frontier Lithium. It's a company in Canada. They have the largest spodumene deposit of its kind in North America. Well, and the big news for it recently had nothing to do with uh, the battery market per se, but the fact that Apple just plunked another $250 million into Corning. Uh, because one of the themes, and this is something investors need to get their head around, it's about to dramatically impact the uranium space now, which has been dead money for several years. But this whole theme of moving away from globalization, the decoupling, as some call it, of this joined-at-the-hip relationship that the U.S. and China specifically have had, we are going to see more and more of a move toward sourcing materials away from China and closer to home. And though the lithium space has been oversupplied, generally speaking, where batteries are concerned, there is a very different situation where higher grades and a higher technical grade, especially of lithium is concerned, which is for the glass market and ceramic markets for your smartphone and things like that. And Frontier has got an astonishingly attractive and high grade asset uh, in Northwestern Ontario. It's gonna get back on the map. We got in this thing originally, 10 cents a share Canadian, sold most of it near 80 cents a share. Uh, early last year, it's back down to 25 cents a share, and you are stealing it to buy it at that level right now, in my view. Chris, what was the ticker on that? Uh, FL is the ticker in Toronto, and on the U.S. over-the-counter market, it is Harry Lima Kangaroo Mary Foxtrot, HLKMF. HLKMF. Story. Okay. We are on the line with Chris Temple. He is the editor and publisher of The National Investor, and apparently, I guess, also a cartoonist Chris? <laughs> i'm not a cartoonist the cartoons i say i've got a cartoonist that i've used for years his name is jerry king in ohio great guy okay. when i get a goofy idea i shoot him an email nice. and he whips it he whips it up for me okay yeah i'm showing him uh pointing up on the screen right now so uh do you, do you just <laughs> so like how, how does that process go you, you say I, I, I like that i, I want to poke i want to poke fun of the fed today and he does the rest or what yeah yeah, well, really, I, I've said for a while before uh, he abandoned his normalization policy at the end of last year, that ultimately, because of the bigger dynamics in the marketplace right now, uh, what the guy we used to call helicopter Ben Bernanke is going to be uh, overdone or outdone by cargo plane Jay Powell. And with this whole repo thing that the Fed has started, that's an issue that came out of nowhere, should, should really get investors' attention because if the Fed had no idea they had a problem like this to begin with, you got a problem. And, and Powell himself, when they unveiled this repo market intervention five weeks ago, said, ah, it's just a little plumbing problem, which to a lot of people sounds like Bernanke in 2007. Ah, we just have a little problem in subprime. Don't worry about it. It's not going to affect anything else. <laughs> So that's a whole subject that we could talk about from here until lunchtime, really. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah. that whole repo thing is, is a problem that the Fed still, I think, doesn't understand. And either they're withholding information from the markets as to the side of the problem or a scarier notion still. They don't even know what the hell the problem is. And I think it's more the latter, frankly. The other cartoon you had on there is kind of the big picture of the global economy. It goes back in with Mrs. Georgieva's idea of a synchronized slowdown, uh, Dalio's big sag or great sag, my idea of a slow dull lake. You can't have folks a better picture than this of the state of the global economy and why there is almost zero chance of a significant new up leg anytime for equities. It's because the world is already stuffed 
it's like if, you know, myself and uh, Spencer and Joel and Dennis went out to dinner, the fanciest restaurant we can find, we really put on a dog. We have the before dinner drinks, the after dinner drinks, appetizers, you know, multiple courses. And at the end of the night, we're sitting there, we are just stuffed. And the waiter brings a check for 500 bucks. And when we're looking at each other, trying to figure out who's going to man up or who's got the alligator arms and who's going to pay the check, the waiter anyway says, hey, guys, look, I got to tell you this. The, the management and the chef told me they've got tons of food left in the kitchen. We don't want it to go to waste. So you sit there. We're going to repeat the entire meal from start to finish. We won't charge another 500. We'll only add 100 to the bill. I don't care if they take 100 off. We could literally die if we stuff ourselves anymore. And that is the state of the global economy. It's a state of the average business. It's a state of the average consumer. These guys are still having a hard time accepting the fact that lowering the price of money and flooding the world with money, thinking it's gonna help the economy, they're crazy. It hasn't worked for several years. It's not worked in Japan. It's not worked in Europe and it's not gonna work here. So what's keeping you from just being just flat out bearish? Just like, I mean, you know, dumping equities, buying puts, shorting futures, selling calls. I mean, is it just, do you think it's everything will come to pass? This is a trading range here because, you know, you talk about the Fed, you talk about, you know, interest rates. I mean, you don't need much to get me going a little bit bearish here, but uh, you're kind of getting me uh, all out bearish. Well, you know, I turned more bearish in August when some major cracks started appearing. So I, if you looked at my overall allocation right now in my newsletter, which I, I send you guys, I know you get a lot of stuff, but I'm not net negative on stocks, but getting darn close. And that's the most bearish allocation I've had, even though I've got a lot of individual stories like I've already shared on, on my list. Um, but I, I think that going forward, there's still a lot of liquidity sloshing around. The central banks will print money. Uh, Jay Powell will fire up those cargo planes if and when it becomes necessary. The only question is whether it will be before or after a major credit market or financial event that forces his hands like, like Bernanke was forced in 2008 after the fact. But it's just going to be plodding ahead. The central banks will keep things hopefully at equilibrium. But you cannot tell me for a minute that we are going to have a broad economic recovery or any such thing like that. So that, my base case is that slow, dull ache where you've got to look at value. You've got to look at individual stories. I love biotech. My newest recommendation is a company. You think Sarepta has been something that has come out with the closest thing to a cure for muscular dystrophy. How about a company that is, that is just twice uh, in the last few weeks released news that could stop type one diabetes in its track. It, it's the most exciting story I've covered in that space since Sarepta. A lot more speculative, but check out Cernova Corporation. It's SVA in Toronto. And let's see, the symbol on our uh, over-the-counter market is S-E-O-V-F, my newest edition. My members already have it, so I'm not cheating them by passing it on. Do some homework on it. It's a mind-blowing story. And I uniquely understand it because out of eight children that I have, three of them have type 1 diabetes. Chris Temple has been on with us. He's the editor and publisher of The National Investor. Chris, thanks for the time and the recommendations, as always. And have a good rest of your day. My pleasure. You guys as well. All right. Uh, 8.52 here, Joel. What I miss? Creeper out rally. Uh, just a quiet rally here. Uh, your pre-market low comes in at 29.82. Uh, that's going to be your number of the day, a number for the rest of the week. A couple different reasons. You had Monday's low, Monday's real low, the Globex low at 83 and a quarter. And I also got my weekly swing number there. So bulls are in control as long as we hold that 29.82 level. Let's see what happens at the pre-market high, 97.50. Things got a little sloppy uh, after four o'clock and between four and five, but uh, trying to get back some of those gains here. Uh, but uh, pre-market levels are a little bit more important than usual today. It's tricky. You got some stocks down, some stocks up. Earnings good, we'll hit it. Earnings bad, we'll buy it. In the case of Caterpillar, I mean, cats and dogs living with each other in peace and harmony. It's this type of market. It's a tricky one. Okay. All right. Let's do, do <laughs> uh, some more. We can do a few more earnings if you want. Um, I mean, I'm kind of lost uh, in this. And you know what? This has just been a tricky market. These earnings, last earnings season was the same thing. 
it was like you see a stock reporting good numbers they're like okay are they buying it and they buy it a little bit and then a minute later they start to sell it and then their sellers coming in and you know and this is the type of market we're in again you think you know it's just flat out going to trade these headline numbers it's a tricky game here right now because uh it, they they don't do they in most cases they're not doing what you think they might do but let's go to a few other reports here. We had Boeing numbers. That was interesting. Uh, BA obviously bouncing after really getting smacked the last couple of days. A little bit of dead cap bounce continuing here this morning. Spencer, how was the BA numbers? I, I, well, the numbers were. My biggest thing was that they said that for the purposes of the Q3 results, they assumed regulatory approval of the 737 MAX uh, at the beginning of uh, Q4, which didn't happen, clearly. So, um, the Q3 adjusted EPS a buck forty-five. That's not comparable to the estimate. I don't think if it is, it's a huge miss. Uh, sales beat nine point nine eight versus nine point five five billion dollars. But I don't even know how much this this matters. I, I mean, it's yeah. Bouncing. Next headline. When's the next headline coming? This is the headline stock. That's headlines every night. What's going on? Obviously, you know, it's just, you know, everything that's happened in the last couple of days. Still, so many unknowns here. So yeah, you're going to gap year. Does it have room to 350? Absolutely. Do you have overhead supply coming in above that? Absolutely. So I'm just hands off on this. Too much headline risk. Uh, let's see. 41.48. We're trading above the high from yesterday. Uh, I would look to the close and low from Friday, uh, 344. <clears throat> if you're looking for another upside target here in Boeing, after that, there's no resistance in here because that was the day that uh, the text messages came out. So more upside to 344. I think that's where your battle will be if they can clear 344 with some momentum. You're not going to see that 369.35, I don't think. Uh, on the downside here, now that we are trading in the green, if I was attempting a short, uh, I would look to see what happens at your close of 337 and then your low from yesterday at 334.36. So kind of near the bottom of the range. I know when it got up to this 385, 390 area, it hung out for a while before it broke down. Let's see if it hangs out in this 330 to 340 area, forms a little base, and then uh, gets back some of those losses. Let's talk Chipotle. CMG gets the pop on the earnings last night. It was selling off ahead of it during the day. Ugly candle for it, so there was some nervous Nellies ahead of the number. Then it ripped up, actually, in the after hours, almost making a new high if it didn't make mm. a new high. Uh, and then uh, that was on the initial number, and they couldn't turn around to start selling, 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 selling. And now the thing's down 20 bucks. So you're looking at a 50-point after-hour range on this one. Hey, wow. Q3 EPS was very good, $3.82 versus a $3.19 estimate sales of $1.40 versus $1.38 billion. So good Q3 numbers, comps up 11% as well. They guided their full year uh, comp sales at the top end of the high single-digit range, so 7 8 9%. Poster shop for what we've been talking about. This report was awesome. And you know what? The media will try to find a fundamental reason to justify the sell-off here. But the bottom line is this was a good report. And you know what? It doesn't even matter. It's just the type of market we're in. This thing gets all the way back up, kisses its highs near yesterday when it opened at the highs. And everybody says, thank you very much, getting my money back. And they turn around and hit the sell button. And they just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And so it goes from, you know, making a new high almost at 860 last night after the initial number. So the news algo is trading this on the good headline numbers getting absolutely smoked unless they're getting out just as quick and i doubt they are i mean you know whatever whoever's buying this in the headline numbers that they're holding on to it any any length of time they're getting smoked um and the stock's now down 20 dollars on a good report this is just a funny market right now very hard to predict trading right on yesterday's low so for you bulls here uh you just made a pre-market low at 8 10 56 uh, you have a low, not yesterday's low, but if you go back to October 8th, you had a low at 810.77, not really bouncing here. So if you don't get that bounce off the open, I think you get a quick look at $800. $815 was your low on October 8th. So that's the uh, area. Big run in this stock since the beginning of 2018. New all-time eyes hanging out here. Uh I guess to really get some downside, you know, get it below 800 and close 
below 800, but I just don't like that 10 point gap uh, on the daily lows from 1077 to 0015. Then he had snap numbers and this was funny too. So ahead of the report, they sell this thing off two bucks. This, this went down to $12. The numbers weren't released yet. I, I have no idea. I think feel like it did this before too, that it was like trading ahead of the numbers. But look at the trading action prior to the earnings release. So after four o'clock, you see that they just pulled the rug out from under and I just assumed it had actually reported. And then, and then Charles actually, back. Charles alerted me to it on Benzinga Pro and he squawks out, still waiting for the snap numbers and not out yet, but things trade down in the 12 hand. It was out of 410. Yeah, it traded down to 12 bucks ahead of the report. What's up? And then they turned around and they bought it all the way back up. I mean, this market is crazy. Why, why, who was selling it ahead of the report down to $12? And volume. Volume, huge. To knock snap down two bucks, it takes volume. This isn't like, you know, some little penny stock or some small stocks not trade. This stock is widely traded. They were smacking and smacking and smacking. How much volume trade in that candle? Oh, in a 4 to 4.15 candle, uh, 6 million shares. 6 million. Yeah. 6 million shares. I mean, we trade down to $12 without any news being released. It went from 14 to 12 without a headline number. I have no idea why. You know, there's just funny things happening. Like the Kronos run up on nothing. You know, the oh, snap sell-off down $2 ahead of the number. And then, it, and then it comes out and they buy it all the way back up. I mean, I cannot grasp the stuff that is happening. You know, it's just weird trading action. Like somebody lost a pile of money. Like it almost feels like somebody's just completely dumb. I mean, who's selling this thing down to $12 ahead of the number? We're going to sell it off. Even if they, it's a, the report's a disaster, is it going down to 12 I don't know if it would go that low. Like, what are your thoughts on this, Joel? Stock sells off to down to. Someone I thinks they it, had obviously. some information, I guess. They thought they just, did. Are just like they, uh, you know, or they put, uh, you know, they have sell five thousand like every fifteen minutes or something, and then they get up and they leave the office and they leave it going or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it would do that. I mean, but, Spinner's uh, saying, oh, it's the same guys that pushed the iRobot up three to four on the headlines. It's, I don't agree with that, Spinner, for the simple reason is that this was on volume. Sure, you can get some paint in the tape, Joel, you know, and funny things happen on a few hundred shares. You got like, let's say you're along a pile of iRobot, you're along like 20, 30 million, you know, you can push it a little bit, you know, and, and not saying, you know, that you should do this if you're institutional money managers, but it happens. And they might, you know, say, okay, I think it's, you know, I like the number, I'm going to just buy a little bit more and give it a little bit of, you know, my vote of confidence. And you push, you know, and it pushes up to 60. I mean, in the case of Snap, this was traded in serious volume. Somebody lost a pile of money. So it's not like, oh, you throw away, you know, for a thousand shares or something, trying to, you know, somebody trying to paint the tape. There's no paint, no, there's no painting the tape on this. They flat out lost a lot of money. You know, like I'm talking like millions of, sh you know, millions of shares pushing that down to $12. So I have no idea why anybody would do that. You can't paint the tape on a stock like Snap. It's just too thick. So. That's an incredible move. Ahead of the number. Uh, real quickly, uh, Microsoft out after the close here. So I'll just do a little little technical preview here. Man, there's a wall at 142 here. Uh, the all-time high was made at uh, 141.68. You came back up to this area, uh, 141.79. So if you're trading this after hours and Microsoft has had some big moves, just uh, 141.5, 142 looks like a sell zone for me. And on the downside, if it gets starts to get hit, uh, 133.50. Uh, that split to parallels from the beginning of the month. So uh, long consolidation here after its last run up here uh, really hasn't had any meaningful sell-offs and uh, well, a few in uh, late, well, December of last year. But uh, those are the numbers I'd be taking a look at in Microsoft after it re releases its Q3 report. Expecting move to Microsoft today is 4%. So keep that in mind. Trading up ahead of the report, which is, you know, always interesting too. Apple trading up here this morning. We did not mention Morgan Stanley up in the price Jeez. target. Apple's up another buck fifty here on a terrible tape. Stock's been an unbelievable performer. Still having them in the long term portfolio. Yep. Two eighty nine there is the price target Morgan is doing for Apple. All right, that'll be it for our show. I want to thank our guest, Chris Temple. Thanks to all of you in our chat rooms on YouTube. 
Yahoo.com slash Benzinga TV and premarket.benzinga.com. Our show is available. You can replay it on YouTube. It's there always. Or if you just want to catch the podcast first, you can do that too. Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, you can find our show. I want to remind you about the Weeble We Trader paper trading competition that resets every Monday through November 9th. Win up to $11,000 worth of Amazon gift cards, a grand prize of either a Tesla Model 3 or $40,000 towards your student loans. Plus, Weeble will donate a portion of total returns to the Shriners Hospital for Children. To learn more, go to the Weeble app. That's it for us. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.